0: Good morning. Welcome to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. My name is Mark Snyder and we are coming to you today through the wonders of Zoom technology. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been unwritten, underwritten by MapTunes Long Island Chamber Maps. My three guests with me this morning, Debbie Greco the newly anointed president of the Port Washington Chamber of Commerce in the town of North Hempstead, Joe Garcia, president of the Farmingdale Chamber of Commerce in the town of Oyster Bay, and Brian Crotier, president of the Rockville Center Chamber of Commerce in the town of Hempstead. Joe, Debbie, and Brian, thank you for taking time from your busy schedules to join us today on Chamber Chatter. I'd like to start the program uh, by having each one of you talk about the towns that you represent. And I'd like to point out that I specifically chose these three chambers today as they represent the three townships that make up Nassau County. Uh, Joe, welcome back to Chamber Chatter. Thank you. What do you want our listeners to know about Farmingdale right now? Farmingdale uh, has been a
1: beacon uh, Central Nassau and straddling the border of Suffolk County, heavily, um, you know, filled by different types of entertainment, bars, restaurants, amusement. Um, Farmingdale's been rocking. And and uh, of course, now we we have a little bit of, uh, of a new challenge post-COVID and, and with recovery. Uh, but luckily, the village of Farmingdale, the town of Oyster Bay officials, uh, everybody seems to understand the challenges ahead. And uh, we hope Farmingdale could be a leader in, in bringing up, you know, bringing back the island. When you say Farmingdale's been rocking, what do you mean by that? Uh, if you would have came to Main Street about five years ago, you would have noticed that uh, a lot of storefronts were vacant. We we had some new restaurants opening, and it really was about when things really started to, to blossom. When you come to our downtown area, Main Street, where uh, we were fully occupied we were exciting people would come here and and leave saying wow what an amazing town which was really a major shift from years past and uh, business was good everybody everybody you know that old adage about the rising tide rises all boats everybody seemed to be um, doing well and better every year so uh, we hope that'll continue as we recover you know after the COVID issues we're facing
0: now, I know Farmingdale actually is uh, made up of uh, a number of different communities. Certainly you mm-hmm. have the village, but you also have East Farmingdale, which technically resides in Suffolk County. Um, you have South Farmingdale. Um, what's, uh, what's the vibe right now if I'm walking down Main Street? It's, uh, it's hopeful. I think that's the vibe you. I, I believe you'll get.
1: Um, most of our restaurants, uh, in fact, I believe all our restaurants did reopen and are open and operating now really led by some of the more creative members and some of the things they were doing. And, uh, and, you know, I'm sure we stole some ideas from other towns with different delivery and to go options. Our, our coffee shop is rocking. Our brewery is doing really well. So we have a lot of companies that seem to be. Uh, hanging on, and we have a lot of companies that are, that are thriving. So, some of our some of our other types of businesses on Main Street, unfortunately, did close. We have some vacancies now on Main Street, but at least one of those has been opened by a, a, a business that relocated to Main Street. So, it's uh, it's hopeful, and um, we just we just hope we don't have to do another shutdown because I, I think most business people understand. It's amazing we got through that one. Uh, I don't know that another one would be so
0: easy. All right, Debbie, you've been president of the Port Washington Chamber for less than a month, right? couple of weeks?
2: It's just, uh, yeah, it's like 17 days now, not even 13 days. But I've been on their board for, it's nearly 20 years. Yes. And I, yeah. I did my homework Sorry.
0: on you. I did know that. Uh, but yes. congratulations on uh, taking over as president. Thank You're filling you. some tough shoes. I know. But, um
2: Thank God Mitch is staying on the board, so he'll still be involved, and that's that's a, that's a great thing because he's I'm, he's wonderful. I mean, he gave ten years as board president, and, and it's they are tough shoes to fill, but I'm I'm going to do my best. Okay. And and Port Washington has um has always been a resilient community. I've been here all my life. I'm actually third generation uh, in Port Washington, and um the the community for for thirty five thousand people with the the unincorporated area and all of the villages is it's really such a small community in a sense, because the businesses and the residents all kind of work together. There are a lot of uh, charity events that go on and the businesses are very generous, even though they're like, (laughs) they know it's what they need to do. And the residents support that have always supported the businesses, but I feel like it's never proven so much as it has with this COVID outbreak through social media has been booming with um, let's get, you know, let's get out and support the, the restaurants and, and, ha- and everybody has been so generous to the outreach facilities and even the restaurants have been, they're, they're hard hit. And yet they're still, um, you know, delivering trays of food to, 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 you know, the poor areas. And it's, so that part has been terrific and the businesses are, are coming back so far. We've, I, we've only heard of four businesses that are going out. Um, No restaurants yet. I'm surprised. Well, I'm not surprised because I feel as though the restaurants of all of the businesses, they were able to stay open through all of this. And, uh, you know, and and a lot of them had special menus, special discount menus and so on. So and now they're being very creative with with outdoor dining in, in wherever they can. And actually, the town has started a program and I've already forgotten what it's called. And it's called Lift Up Local. And we're we're, uh, the Chamber of Commerce and the Business Improvement District in the town and then also an organization uh, Another organization are getting together soon to talk about what we can do to to And obviously the police have to be involved to block off entire blocks of of Main Street To traffic and have some of the businesses bring their their product out out onto the street So it becomes almost like a street fair block by block. So that's kind of an interesting thing that, that, that we're all doing. And, uh, you know, it's it's always been a relatively thriving Main Street. We have a lot of, we have about 70 restaurants. Every time my husband tells somebody how many restaurants we have, it goes up by 10. But, you know, we have a lot of restaurants. And, and so they've all been doing well, thank God. And all of the other businesses for the most part are, are pulling along. And again, because we have such a supportive community, I, I'm very optimistic that that will continue.
0: The three chambers that we have on today all have thriving uh, restaurant communities. Um, But I will say that Port Washington is a town I know very little about. I know a lot about a lot of towns. Port Washington, I probably need to spend a little more time in, but it sounds well, you like- you have a, to come and visit. Like a beautiful uh, community. Yeah.
2: And then also, um, because we're on the water and we, I also, my husband was a school teacher and actually taught me how to sail. That's how we met. And so we're sailing a lot because it's the one place you can be and not, you know, and be as socially distant as possible. And people are out on the water and having a great time. So it's- Great. Okay.
0: Thank you for the update. Brian, uh, as president of the mighty Rockville Center Chamber of Commerce, um, what can you tell us about life on your South shore Hamlet? So, yeah, so,
3: so the village of Rockville That's Center right. has been extremely resilient. The, the business owners have reacted pretty much exactly how we thought they would. They um, have done everything possible <clears throat> to stay in business and, Uh, Whether it was takeout, um, you know, gift cards, the chamber was there to help them do whatever we could. And the support from the people in town for the restaurants, all the businesses has been uh, phenomenal. And, um, you know, they support us through the years with all of the different ads and and sponsorships and things that they do uh, for fundraisers that, you know, we all hold, whether it's a golf tournament or, you know, uh, some charity in town there's so many uh uh, you know if you ask the business owner during the course of a regular year how many days uh someone walks in and says hey we're running an event can you help us they'd probably say every day and they're always there to help us and the village has responded much in kind to support the businesses um and i i myself have worked with the mayor and the deputy mayor to try to help our business owners uh work through this so um I haven't heard of a lot of businesses going out. Um, very few so far, and I hope that continues. So we're just looking to get through this next, you know, couple of months. I think the the, the businesses on Long Island and and in our hometowns are going to thrive this summer because a lot of people aren't going away. Um, they're spending money on their homes, and I believe that they're going to be spending money in in in, in town because. They, they are staying home. They're going to be around. They're going to, most, most summers, you know, the town empties out and people are going to Montauk and Saratoga and, you know, doing weekend trips. And I don't think you're going to see that that much. And I think that
0: the, the businesses in town will thrive this summer. And that's my hope. That's an excellent observation. That's something I hadn't thought about, but, um, I could see right here in my hometown of Massapequa that, yeah, I mean, we're, we, my neighbors, myself, my family, we're, we're staying put, and you're right, we are supporting the local businesses. So good observation. Um, but as we get through the summer and into the fall, into September, we touch on a very hot topic, and that's the reopening of schools on Long Island. Um, our politicians are at odds at how best to accomplish this or not accomplish it at all. Uh Joe, back to you for a second here. Uh, what's your position on uh, the reopening of the schools? What are you thinking?
1: You know, I- I'm glad I don't have an official decision to make. It's, it's, it is it's easier. And as a chamber president, we all know it's always easier to have an opinion on things that you're not re- actually responsible for. I have a, huh. a, a uh, child who will be going into first grade next year. His kindergarten year was cut short, and we saw his education, frankly, stopped once the video and virtual learning started. So I I, I think it is really important to get the kids back at the school in a way, you know, of course, that's safe. I think it can be done. I wish there was a little more um, debate on how to do it. I, I believe there's some really good ideas out in the communities. And uh, schools work best when the community has the ability to decide how to how to educate their own children um, so I, I just wish and hope the state will be a little open to some of the ideas I think with social distancing it's important to get the schools back open uh, if it's important enough to spend billions and billions of dollars on it's important enough to have and we need to focus on what we can do to get kids into school instead of what we can't Obviously, what school look like a year or two ago can't happen this year. It's gotta be different, but we can focus on what to do. My wife's an educator. She's a third grade teacher for years. And uh, I think there are ways, but missing from the conversation, unfortunately, is is how to protect the staff in the schools um, along with the teachers. But my, my position is, look, for the economy, it's important, but that can't be the driving force. It, it's It's gotta be a decision to get the schools open because it's important to have schools and
0: and if we can't educate our kids, what are we all doing here? Debbie, have you or the chamber taken a position on the reopening of schools in Port Washington?
2: We haven't. We haven't directly no, um, It's a. It's. I, I totally agree with everything that that Joe is saying. Um, to open the schools, I I think I agree is important for a lot of different reasons. Uh, socially is is one of the, the key ones. And as far as your point about learning. Um, a friend has two children in, um, second grade and fourth grade. This fourth grade student, they were both very good students, all, both did well, but the fourth grader was done at four o'clock, excuse me, at 11 o'clock in the morning because the teacher just handed them, you know, assigned them work, didn't do any real teaching and she was done. And the second grader was going to school from, you know, 8.30 in the morning till 3 o'clock and then had three hours worth of homework. So there was too much disparity between and that's on the educators themselves. So there needs to be it's a uniformity, but also the, the type of governance that um, exists when, when they're teaching in the classroom. So it's, there's, there's a lot of that. And then the the, the distance learning I think can work part-time. So I think the break, my feet, my personal feeling is the breaking up of, you know, some in class, class spreading them out and then have some of them learning from home. Um, it, the, the the issue there is the parents that both work and, you know, having to, to be home for, for, for the children when they are at home. And it, it's a, it's a big issue, but we, we do need to get them back into the same into school, but do it in a safe, safe way. And, I agree with Joe that it's, um, I'm glad I don't have to really make that decision. We have a, we have a very good superintendent, a, a new one, and he's, he's very good. So I'm hoping that they'll, they and, um, you know, the school board and, and parents who would always have very strong opinions, that that will all be just fine. I'm, you know, I'm hoping that it works out.
0: Okay. Brian, um, in addition to a large public school system, uh, like Farmingdale, Rockville Center is also home to a college, Malloy. Uh, have you given any thought to uh, the reopening of the schools? Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. The
3: you know the it's 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 what makes you know villages so strong are the uh, is is the strength of the school system. So, um, uh, I, I I you know my wife does, is a special education teacher as well. I think that they're probably going to have to do some sort of you know uh, odd day, even day. Where half the you know the freshman and junior class are going on Monday and Wednesday, and the sophomore and senior class are going on you know Tuesday and Thursday, um, and then the other days they're they're doing virtual learning. Uh, you know, with a day in between to clean. That's that's kind of one of wow. the things I've, I've i've heard, and that makes sense to me. And um, you know, the other big conversation, of course. Is you know all the extracurricular activities uh, after school, you know whether it be art, uh, the the theater, the movie, um, the um, um, music, musicians and sports. So there's a lot of different things that have to be addressed. But uh, you know the most important is to at least get the kids back into some sort of um, system of going to school, right? So I if if it has to be only two or three days a week. Uh, I would prefer that over just virtual learning. My son is going into a senior year of high school at Southside and, um, <clears throat> even for him and I, you know, I can only imagine for every grade and every age, the virtual learning is very difficult. It's not an easy, uh, it, it, it's just very, it's, it's hard on the kids. It's hard on parents and it's hard on teachers. So, uh, the more we can get them in, in a classroom, the better. So hopefully we can, uh, We can work with our leaders to to make
0: that happen. All right. Good feedback, all three of you. Thank you. Um, When we return, more on the reopening of Nassau County. And we're also going to have some fun playing genie in the bottle with our guests. We're going to find out what three wishes they have for their Chamber of Commerce. This is Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. I'm Mark Snyder. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by Maptoons Long Island Chamber Maps and by the Mappers Shoppers Discount app with over 2,500 discounts island wide. Download the Maptoons app. That's M-A-P-T-O-O-N-S. Or you can also visit shoppersdiscountcard.com. My three guests with me today, Debbie Greco, President of the Port Washington Chamber of Commerce, Joe Garcia, President of the Farmingdale Chamber of Commerce, and Brian Crotier, President of the Rockville Center Chamber of Commerce. We recently entered phase four of Long Island's reopening, but last month Governor Cuomo removed all cinemas and gyms from the list uh, without giving a timeline for when uh, those business can resume. Presently, there are 19 movie theaters in Nassau County. All three of our towns represented here today have a movie theater in their community. There are 254 private sector fitness and recreational sports centers in Nassau, and plenty of them are in each of the towns represented here today. This is a very controversial subject, but one worth discussing. There was a $500 million class action lawsuit filed last week against New York State on behalf of hundreds of gyms, many of them right here on Long Island. Brian, uh, you and I touched on this topic when we spoke the other day. Uh, can you share your thoughts on this topic with our audience? Do you mind? Sure. Um,
3: yeah, it's, it's, it's very important for people be, to be able to work out, um, not, not just for their physical well-being, but also their mental well-being. And- uh, at the gym owners in our, in, in Rockville center have done an amazing job of setting up plans so that, uh, people can come to the gyms and work out in a very socially responsible way. Um, the amount of work that's gone into it from, from, uh, all the gym owners has been amazing. And, uh, my hope is that, uh, New York state, um, realizes how hard these, these, these people are working, how much money they're putting into um, their, their buildings, um, a uh, sports set in Rockville center, for example, uh, Denison has, uh, put in the, uh, UV lighting. He's, uh, fixed the, he's upgraded his HVAC. He put in, um, uh, touchless doors. Uh, he's got touchless entry into the gym now so that no one has to, nothing's being, uh, touched and eliminating, uh, hopefully, you know, spread of any germs. Um, we also have the, um, uh, the bowling alley in town, he's done a uh, Joe Laspina. He's done an amazing job trying to, uh, you know, set up a plan so that he could open up. And we really need to help those businesses out because they're big facilities. Um, they have large rents. They they pay big taxes and they need to be opened. And my hope um, uh, uh, is that we can we can, you know, get Laura Curran to get the governor to, you know, help these guys get open.
0: And Debbie. Not only do you have uh, Soundview Cinemas in Port Washington, but you also have the wonderful landmark on Main Street, Gene Rimsky Theater. Both of these have been closed for months. And you also have plenty of gyms and fitness locations in town. How about your thoughts on reopening?
2: I, you know, I feel exactly the same way that Brian does. And, you know, if, if they can open responsibly, and it sounds like um, the gym that Brian was was referencing has done everything that they can do, um, more so the gyms, I feel like it's easier to do those types of like that, that kind of retrofit, like putting in the UV lights theaters. I feel like are in a, a, a different class on their own because even if people are wearing masks that I guess, you know, what? I'm, I'm taking that back. because I, I, because I think that if the, if the mask and the social distancing, um, regulations are in place and people follow them. And I feel as though they have been for the most part, on Long Island and the, the indication that I there's been one diagnosed case of coronavirus in Port Washington in three weeks. So it's, you know, so clearly people are following the, right, the rules. And as long as that continues, I feel like it should be able to be done on a, you know, on a, on a, I guess you can't do it on a town by town basis, but on a, on a county by county basis. And I, I, yeah, I agree that we should be able to, to
0: make that work. Listen, we definitely have flattened the curve. There's there's no yes, doubt. Um, but, but that doesn't mean that you can, you know, relax now. It basically means that we have room for you in the ICU. That's yeah,
2: I agree. And, and well, it's that we have room for you in the ICU. But the fact that I really expected once we got into at least it, definitely into phase three, that there would be a slight take up but there hasn't been. And that's amazing because Mm. it's because people were all still aware that the virus is really still there. And for the most part, you know, I, I don't go into, there's not a single place that i walk into where everyone's not wearing a mask. Now, when you walk along, you know, along the road and it's, sometimes it's impossible to stay away. Then, you know, I have my, my mask on and a couple of people don't, but for the most part, everyone's being really, really cautious. And I think that we should be, um, it's not rewarded for it, but you know, not to be penalized because there may be other areas that aren't being as cautious as we are. You know, we, we went through, it's not to, it's because we went through something bad and we know it's not gone. We know it will continue. So I, I agree that it, yeah,
0: it's been very difficult to get everybody on the same page with this. I, mm-hmm. I agree. But I think as a whole, Long Island has done a wonderful job.
2: And actually, and as you said, you mentioned landmark that, that um this, this lift up local, Program that the town of Hempstead has begun that um, Landmark wants to do an outdoor. They happen to have a park right right next to their buildings, a big park, so they can do tented things and things outside otherwise for now. And we're, we're looking at that area being one of the blocks, one of the first blocks that we do that, you know, close the street and do an open thing with. So, you know, slowly but surely we'll come back.
0: Okay. Uh, Joe, on to you. Uh, Two big multiplex movie theaters on Route 110, uh, an abundance of fitness and recreational centers in Farmingdale as well. Yeah, you know, and, and they are draws, right? So what do you do before a movie?
1: You go grab a bite to eat or you stop at the, you know, one of the sh- stores nearby and, and do some shopping. So the, the Farmingdale is a big entertainment area, especially along the 110 corridor with uh, arcades and, and movie theaters and I mean land, one of the maybe the biggest amusement park in the region. So you know and g- when you get to gyms I think you can't ignore look we wish everything could open. I'd like to open everything up and you know snap my fingers and genie uh, in a bottle get rid of covid. Uh but we are going to be living with it for a while. So I think it's really important to always keep in mind what can you open and how. Can gyms open if if they can't, let's find a way to either support these businesses while they're forced under a government mandate to be shut down now for, I mean, we're heading towards, uh, it won't be six months uh, before long. Can they move some of the operations to outdoors? Can they run outdoor classes? But there really is just this feeling of after having these businesses make plans and adjustments like uh, like my predecessor just mentioned, now You know, they spent all that money to reopen and and now they have no idea when that'll be. So I I think that, you know, there is a public health um, component to gyms and there's a mental health component to going to a movie, going and enjoying yourself, having some fun, going bowling. Um, You know, he mentioned Joe Laspina. We have he owns a bowling alley here in Farmingdale as well. And I mean, they came up with a plan that Disney may have copied. I mean, it really is a very comprehensive way of of reopening. And I, I I fear that we're throwing out the you know, the baby with the bathwater. Let's see how these places can open. We need the state to revisit these these phases and, and it's easy to say no, but they gotta come back and look at what can you do. You know, I think just in general, the longer you leave people guessing when they're gonna be able to reopen, if we have a reoccurrence, it makes it it's going to make it harder for compliance then, and and it's going to make it all harder for these, these types of businesses to stay open. And, I, I, you know, nobody's stopping them from having to pay their real estate taxes. Um, they still have the bills coming in with no revenue, and, uh, and, and I believe there are ways that you can reopen movie theaters, bowling alleys, gyms. Uh, maybe not all of them. Maybe some could do it and some can't, but let's not just make a blanket
0: no. Let's find what we can do. You mentioned genie in a bottle, so um, the timing's good. We're gonna lighten things up a little bit, have some fun. We're gonna play genie in a bottle like we do every month. Uh, And this is where we find out what your three wishes are for the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Brian, I lived in Rockville Center when I first got married. One of my favorite spots back then was the Village Green. So let's just say you're strolling along the green and lying in the grass, you see a lantern, you open it up, out pops a genie granting you three wishes for your chamber, what are they? So
3: my three wishes, uh, my first wish is we have, uh, we have uh, two big events that we run at the end of the summer. Uh, one is called eShop Shot Rock and one uh, is something that we instituted last year for the first time. Uh, we call, it's called Playing on the Porch. And so we did, uh, last year was the first annual Playing on the Porch, it was a huge success. And my hope, want, my wish is that this year, we are able to run a, uh, a, a socially responsible version of Eat Shop Rock and also our second annual version of Playing on the Porch. So uh, that's the first wish. The second wish, and uh, this is to the topic we were just talking about, uh, I really wish that we could get all these open. And, you know, we just talked about the gyms, the bowling alleys, the movie theaters, they're vital components of our of – our business community. And so my wish would be that we can get them open as soon as possible in the most socially responsible way and figure out, like Joe said, how to do it so that they can stay open. And because there, to me, that's the next step. That's That's a big wish of mine. And the last wish is that this summer is a thriving business community Because of what we talked about earlier, which is people going in town, not just the restaurants and the bars, but all the local shops, all the boutiques. If you're going to buy something online, a lot of these businesses, you can shop online and uh, purchase gift certificates online. So my wish is that, you know, when people are out and about, step into a store, uh, you know, support them. And that's a big wish is, is not just the bars and restaurants, support all the businesses in town. And, um, and hopefully this summer, my wish is that they have uh, one of the best
0: summers ever. Okay. Debbie, you're strolling down Main Street, checking on the local merchants, and you spotted a magic lantern on the sidewalk. You open it up, and the genie pops out, granting you your three wishes. You're a brand new president. So what will you wish for during your tenure?
2: For I, my first one, uh, we started doing a Port Washington Restaurant Week in um, October, and I'm hoping that we can still do that this year. I, it, I know it's going to be very different than it has been, but it's a, we, we particip- Some of our restaurants participate in Long Island Restaurant Week, but the Port Washington Business Improvement District has Port Washington. I'm so, for uh, has Restaurant Week without charging the restaurants anything and paying for advertising and you know other marketing and so on. So um, that has been wonderful and it would be terrific because everyone looks forward to that. And it's just, you know, there are about 25 restaurants that participate and it would be terrific to keep that going because it's only ha- going on for a couple of years now. So I, I know that everyone really looks forward to that and I know the restaurants really do also. So it would be terrific if in some way we, we could keep that going. The Another wish is it's, it's a very simple one. We've already lost a few businesses to COVID, but I'm hoping that it remains very, very, very low um you know there it, it, it amazes me that that so many of them have been able to keep going given that they had to pay their rent and you know and still survive and and so on that um and they a lot of them have been using very unique um ideas for for staying open and you know I, I and so so it would be lovely to see just as very few because we, we've had we have some empty business, business you know, storefronts anyway but it would be great not to see anymore or to have new people coming in and you know, with new ideas. And I hate to say this, but in in, it's, in a desperate situation like this, sometimes the best ideas and new entrepreneurs saying, you know what, nobody lives forever and let's try some new things. So that would be terrific too. And I'd be, be looking forward to as a chamber to really be helping businesses with that as well. And um, another one is we have this, It's it's been a, a hashtag, it's been, you know, so on of, of Shopport. And also we have a a holiday event that we we say that you know shop port and that how much how much money stays in Port Washington if people buy lo- local versus buying online or buying out of town and so on and people have really embraced that even though a lot of stores were closed they've been embracing it as much as they could during covid to try to support the businesses and try to and help to keep them open so i'm hoping that everyone just feels that way all the time once covid is gone and everyone really Really, truly embraces the concept of shop port. We um, and port strong. everyone. We actually, the chamber actually just just finished a a t shirt campaign where it was keep. Uh, we are port strong, and so we we want to keep on with that as well.
0: You know, that's an interesting point, and I think one of the positive outcomes of this pandemic experience for all of us. You may be right. It may be a reminder and a renewal to. Support the business in your own backyard. Good point. Yeah. Uh, Joe, you were on the program uh, about a year ago. Uh, we ran out of time and we did not have the opportunity for you to tell us your three wishes back then for the Farmingdale Chamber. So I'll paint a picture. Let's say you're at Republic Airport, you're checking on some flight lessons, and uh, just lying there on the tarmac, there's a genie <laughs> in a bottle waiting to grant you three wishes. What you got? Well, I'd uh, number one, I'd like to see shop local. Um,
1: yeah really done a, on a little bit more of a regional approach. Um, I'd like to see some of the chambers kind of join up and contribute, a, you know, matching funds and maybe have a shop local campaign that, that gets a little more bang for its buck. I know we all do our shop local stuff and it's important, but I got to tell you, for a lot of our members who sold many of the same items that Home Depot, Lowe's and Target was selling... During those first three months of the shutdown, watching Home Depot sell out of patio furniture while yours you're paying interest on your inventory, um, I'd really like to see a cultural shift occur coming out of COVID where we really do seek out and look for small, uh, locally owned businesses for people to shop at. So hopefully that sticks. Um, number two, I'd really like to see some of those SBA loans converted either to Uh, lower interest rates or to grants. I know uh, a lot of our members, especially our members with the most overhead, took on a lot of new debt using the SBA. And thank God it was there. It's it's why they were able to reopen and stay open. But, you know, when you hear the state and the city saying they can't borrow money for operating expenses, but yet that's exactly what all of our businesses were forced to do is take a 30-year interest-bearing loan um, you know, to to stay open, that's that's going to take you know thirty years of payments to make up for three months of lost revenue. So I hope there's some additional relief that comes from that. And my last wish is, that until this is over, I don't want to see a drought, but I'd like some dry weather. So much of our outdoor dining, our outdoor shopping, our outdoor events, um, you know, children's programs rely on not having rain and uh, and not having extreme weather. So hopefully. They can string enough days, especially on the weekends, uh, you know, to, to, to stay at least at a break even point, if not profitable. So
0: there you go. I, I, I had the benefit of going last. Thank you. Yeah. Um, one I'd like to add to that, uh, not only dry weather, but how about like long, Cooler. a long run of mild weather? Mm-hmm. So the, you know, the restaurants can keep offering the outdoor dining. All right. So three chambers, nine wishes. I hope for your sake, they all come true. When we come back, it's time for Ask a Leader, or I'm going to stop asking the questions. I'm going to let each one of you take the mic. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Okay, we're back. I'm Mark Snyder and this is Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter, it's a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by Maptoons, Long Island Chamber Maps. The three leaders with me today, Debbie Greco, newly anointed president of the Port Washington Chamber of Commerce, Joe Garcia, president of the Farmingdale Chamber, and Brian Crotier, president of the Rockville Center Chamber. Now, prior to coming on the air, I asked each one of uh, my three guests today to think of something they'd like to ask the other community leaders here with me today. Uh, Joe, I'm going to start with you. Any question for one or both of the chamber presidents appearing on the program? Yeah, so in, Ro- in Rockville Center,
1: what have you guys been doing to try to create more space for outdoor dining, if anything? Have you, have you found any good solutions for that?
3: <clears throat> a, a, a lot of what we've done uh, in working with the mayor's office is to make it as feasible as possible to let the uh, restaurants put up tents outside um, the businesses in the back. Um, you know, the, the one of the issues in Rockville Center is, you know, a lot of people want the streets closed, but it's very difficult for us to do that because, Uh, We have county roads that we can't close uh, has the village and we have the buses that run through town. So it's kind of fragmented for us. So the mayor and the chamber have worked very hard with the businesses to um, figure out ways to get um, permits done so that they can uh, use as much space outside as possible. And it's worked pretty well. Some of the business owners, um, you know, immediately had their plans ready. And some of them, um, were waiting to see if there were certain guidelines they had to adhere to, but they really, it's really more telling the business owners, come to us with your plan. And then we can figure out, uh, you know, is there any type of fire hazard or any, any type of, uh, issue with that? So really it's, it's, it's working very closely between the chamber, the mayor's office, uh, the building department and the business owners themselves. And, uh, I think that, uh, everyone has done a really remarkable job of, of trying to get them open and, and to make them as profitable as can be because obviously, you know, 50% capacity, it's very difficult to, to you know, to, to, to survive. And they've all really done a great job. I, I've been into, uh, I'll take Monaghan's, for instance. Uh, Niall um, created, I was in there during the, during the, the peak of this and he was, he was already building out and redoing his entire floor plan, and and he now has an outdoor seating area. Um, you know, MacArthur Park, same thing. They have the, on the side of the building, uh, they set up a whole thing for takeout. Um, you know, Casey's Rooftop. Uh, they you know was there the other night. They did a great job setting up so that the tables are you know the the correct distance apart. And so all these all these businesses are really doing a great job working with the mayor's office and 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 adhering and making sure that they're doing this the best way possible. So hope that answers the question. Uh,
0: Joe, um, I, and I don't wanna paint a picture that Farmingdale is only about Main Street because you got restaurants correct. all over town, but you do have the luxury and have been able to shut down Main Street because it's a village street, correct?
1: Well, no, it's uh, it actually got very complicated uh, post-COVID. So yeah, like you mentioned, our restaurant's not in our downtown area. They have the benefit of parking lots and or or grassy areas, so they've been able to make uh, accommodations, and the town of Oyster Bay has been really great. The village of Farmingdale came out with that plan, and we got a lot of press for it, uh, uh, to, to close down Main Street to expand our dining options, uh, but we, the village doesn't own Main Street. It's actually a county road, and to close the county wow. road, they There's added nothing. some... Yeah, It it was always easy. You just said you wanted to do it and you did it. But um, post COVID, they have a new permitting process for closing down Main Street, which includes a sign off by the police department. And we all know over the last uh, couple months, they've had, they've they've been pulled in a lot of different directions with, um, you know, operations needed for protest and multiple areas, you know, other towns looking to have road closures and they don't have the manpower or at least weren't willing to allocate it to closing down Main Street so as of today we've not yet had Main Street closed uh, there are plans in the works to try to do it once we got to 50% dining however it removes some of the pressure to close down Main Street because we, we have pretty wide sidewalks and restaurants were able to use the sidewalk areas and the uh, and utilize the loading zones behind their restaurants so that it's on their own property. And, um, you know, with that plus the 50% occupancy inside, they've been, they've been okay. Also, when you got into the SLA, the state liquor authority rules for outdoor dining, they were just completely impossible, frankly to follow because they weren't as clear as they thought they were. And, and there's been some real challenges, Uh, On both those fronts. So as of now, we have not had main street closed
0: So that's you bring up a good point. I mean the restaurants on 110 new highway uh, Hempstead turnpike melville road. You're right. They all have parking lots. They've got grassy areas I know exactly what you're talking about and they don't have that issue boy I didn't realize you weren't able to close down main street Um, how about you debbie you able to close down uh, the roads in your community?
2: Well, we can close parts of uh, Main Street in Fort Washington is um, a town road, the town of North Hempstead. So and then we're working with the town on this program, but it would be block by block. Obviously, we have we're actually having a meeting tomorrow or Wednesday about it. So obviously, the police have to be involved. But if it's just a section and it's just once a week and, you know, you, you, I'm sorry, I don't know who brought up I think Joe brought up the issue of the county buses they go down main street also. So, but, but thinking if they will have to be sure that they only close off area uh, blocks where the bus can be able, would be able to reroute itself from just around like another block or two. Um, so we, that would work, but the issue is that also, um, you know, port's a really old town. We were founded in 1600. So it doesn't have a lot of those like back parking lot areas or back, you know, because a lot of houses were, were, were built behind them. So um, you know, there've been some like there's a, 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 a excuse me an Irish pub that ha- took that took over like an alley that's just several doors down and put up these beautiful you know umbrellas and tents. It actually looks so quaint. You, you hope that it stays open forever like that. And then they've used their the back, but it, there are a lot of places that don't have that kind of access. So it's kind of done on a case by case basis. I have to say that also when the, when the permitting process began from the town for businesses before they were allowed to open inside um, was a little cumbersome. One of the restaurants commented saying, great, I can put my tables out there, but I have to apply for an outdoor liquor permit. So, you know, there've been a lot of like fits and starts through the way. I have to say also like regarding the indoor eating, some people are okay with it, but there's still a lot of people I'm hearing that are not comfortable taking their mask off and eating inside. So, you know, it's, it's a process and it'll, it'll take a while to, to get through that. So it's, you know, for, ret- for restaurants, but then for other businesses, they've been, you know, they've been, be, people can go into the stores a bit, a few at a time. So I think that they're, they're starting to, to, they're coming along, everything's moving forward. The restaurants have the biggest challenge for sure, because you can't wear a mask when you eat and, and so on, but.
0: Hey, listen, we're all learning as we go here. right? Um, Brian, uh, how about you, a question for one or both of our presidents with us today?
3: Sure. Um, As I mentioned, we have events coming up in September. And so my question for both of you is, do you guys, uh, do do the two of you have events uh, that that your chamber runs and are you looking to continue and follow through this year with those events? We've been uh, for the last
1: month and a half having our, we do our lunch networking meetings. Our general meeting was always a lunch. We've been having those every two weeks as tailgate meetings. So we pre-order through the restaurant, uh, through a website, They, they pay their lunch fee, they order their food special for them. It gets delivered to the restaurant's parking lot and people bring a chair or eat out of their trunk. And those have been pretty well attended. I mean, we have 25 people at each one of those, and it's been kind of hot. Uh, we, so we've been doing them in the evening. So we're planning on continuing that. And we're also working on, right now, a breakfast one with the heat, maybe for the first week of August, where we're going to meet at Beth Page State Park, have one of our members deliver a, a you know, bagged breakfast, essentially, and, um, and do the trunk networking. And they have some walking trails there. So we're going to have a networking, you know, hike. Uh, feel free to leave if you want or if, you, if you're comfortable taking a hike with somebody and, and talking some business. So we're trying to find some ways to have the events we can have. We're not sure our parades will happen. Certainly Music on Main didn't happen. So uh, we're, we're focusing on a few things that we can do. And I'm happy to hear if Debbie has anything else, any other ideas she's working on.
2: No, we well we, we we have Harbor Fest in June is is the chamber's largest fundraiser. Unfortunately we, we couldn't conduct that. Um, we have also usually have Pride in Port it, it work it falls around the football, the high school football's homecoming game. So this year it's supposed to be in September. Obviously we're not doing the whole thing. It's normally a parade, the football game, there's a big dinner dance at night, but we did we did decide that we'll we can't even do a parade, and we were having our um, veterans in the community as our grand marshals. So what we've decided to do instead is um, have like a like a car parade where where they're all in cars, and you know we let everyone know, and everyone comes out and, and cheers them on, and so on. Um, so that's that's kind of as much as we can do as far as that's concerned. You know, just this is a separate a separate thing though. We, you know, we've had our chamber meetings; we have them on Zoom and it tends to be because we have them open to anyone who wants to come but it tends to be just the, some of the board members our chamber meetings have become much more productive because we're they're on Zoom we are having a lot of brainstorming sessions and so on but um yeah but as far as events that was that would be the only event that the chamber's involved with we do do a, a port holiday magic um these these Saturday after Thanksgiving So hopefully we'll still be. It's it's mainly outdoors anyway, but it involves inside business stores. So hopefully we'll be able to conduct that one also. That's really kind of it.
0: Debbie, you're the third person in probably the last two weeks that have mentioned that uh, their organization is more productive now that they're doing their meetings on Zoom. You're spot on about that. And then we come to you. Uh, You're new. You've got a couple of uh, experienced uh, veteran presidents uh, in front of you here. Anything for them? Joe, you brought up like the regional shop local.
2: I think that that's, it's fantastic because we we all operate in isolation and there's no, you know, we've done cross promotions with our business improvement district, but to do it across various chambers is is such a smart, but I think that it would be great if, if some, you know, some more multiple chambers got together and brainstormed. What works for you? What doesn't work for you? And if we can do, you know, more of the, more of the joint meetings because, you know, we're um, the, ch- the port chamber. We haven't been financially, you know, when, when things go right, like when we have Harbor Fest, we do this a Super, super Bowl where, where we get restaurants that donate soup and people pay and they, it's so successful that it gets so crowded that we can't let more people in. So those things are all wonderful. But I just feel like there's more things that we want to do um, actually, I'm sorry. I do have one thing. Is um, we don't specifically. Well, we support every business, regardless of what what kind of minority they're part of or not, or female owned. But are you doing anything specific, not just for the Black Lives Matter, but that kind of gave us the thought that we should be be doing something things. And we're planning on you know updating our website and putting some helpful links and things like that. Is there, is there anything that you guys are doing? that responds to um, you know, to, to me, it's minority businesses, not just, not just black, you know, like not just African-American owned business, but all minority So
1: businesses. much like you, um, it sounds like over the last eight weeks, I suppose it is the, the, it, it sort of came more to the forefront. And um, mm-hmm. the truth is mm-hmm. I think we were always fair, but I think now that's not enough. I think you need to have an outreach. Going forward, and no, I, we we don't have any great ideas, unfortunately, on how to do that. Um, we're we're kicking around some things. I actually reached out to uh, State Senator Kevin Thomas's office um, to see if the state had any resources on how chambers mm-hmm. could um, make better connections with uh, you know business owners of color or or communities of color or whatever. What could we do to be to help foster entrepreneurship amongst populations that are underrepresented. And, um, I don't think they had a silver bullet either, but they, they did they didn't right. follow up. So, uh, I don't know if Rockville center, Brian, have, have you had
3: anything? So my, my one thought on that, um, and, uh, I, 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 haven't yet, but it is on, on the list of things to do is, um, uh, I was, Planning and I did talk to Pat Morris about this. Pat Morris runs the Martin Luther King Center down in uh, in town, and so um, I mentioned to him that there could be a way for us to uh, set something up with with Pat and the Martin Luther King Center and kind of introduce the youth um, to business owners so that they have a better understanding of how does it work and what could you possibly you know, put the idea in, 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 in the young kids' heads that, hey, if you <clears throat> want to own a business, you can own a business, right? Anyone yeah. can do anything, and, but we have to get that message out to everyone, right? And that message can't just be for one community. It has to be for everyone. And so my thought is to kind of do something like that um, for individual business owners. <clears throat> we haven't done anything, but um, I'm sure there's probably some stuff that we could talk about. Yeah. And I I think
1: just to add, I I think we've all seen how small business, you know, for my grandfather coming from Portugal years, you know, in the fifties, small business became his way to the solid middle class and to elevate his, his place in the world. And, and that generational wealth created from that, uh, that gave me opportunities I wouldn't have otherwise been. So I I think it's small business could be a pathway to maybe heal some of the divisions in the country and Mm -hmm. fix some of the social ills. So, um, you know, if anybody listening has any great ideas, please send them to me. I'll get them out to everybody else. We're, we're open yeah. to listen.
0: All right, folks. Good stuff. Special thanks to my three guests today. You heard from Debbie Greco. She's the president of the Port Washington Chamber of Commerce. Joe Garcia back on the program again, president of the Farmingdale Chamber. And Brian Crotier calling in from his car. Thank you, Brian. I know you're going through some difficult times right now. Brian's the president of the Rockville Center Chamber of Commerce. You've been listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and wcwp.org. Chamber Chatter has been underwritten by MapTunes Long Island Chamber Maps. As a reminder, Chamber Chatter is also available as a podcast. You can visit wcwp.org forward slash chamber chatter. Special thanks to my good friend, station manager and engineer throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, Dan Cox. My name is Mark Snyder. Have a nice weekend. Stick around for Project Independence and You. It's coming up next.